trompe l'œil. Trompe l'œil. Trompe l'œil. Trompe l'œil. Trompe l'œil. Il sound so excited. Trompe. Trompe l'œil. You gotta do like the R, R kind of like Okay, I guess we can get to it. On this episode of the Pour Over, we discuss the crazy reveals in Trompelel. Stay true. Okay. You couldn't finish the summary because it was so awkward. Okay. On this episode of The Pour Over, we discuss the crazy reveals in Trompelel. Stay tuned to also hear about a review of Third Wave Water and what's making us happy this week. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Pour Over Podcast, hosted by myself, Joe, and Dill. Uh, each week, we bring you our thoughts on a certain episode of a TV show, and most importantly, chit-chat about the very thing that so many of us depend on each morning, coffee. So, how's it going, Dill? Going pretty well. Uh, I've been pretty tired this week, though. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. On Friday, I totally just, like, slept all day. I just, like, passed out and then woke up and it was, like, nighttime. Oh, But uh, I'm trying to get back in the swing of things for school. But overall, doing pretty well. How are you? Oh, good. Well, I was um, was practicing that trompe-l'oeil thing, or trompe-l'oeil. <laughs> oh, that, that uh, sounded good. You, oh, you should have said the summary. Oh, you know what? Um, every dog has his day, so uh, yeah. maybe I'll get maybe I'll get one of those opportunities in the future. I'm sure Westworld will have their you know another kind of interesting title name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my week's been pretty good. Um, I was so glad we hit the weekend on Friday. It was, it's been a really long week, so um, mm-hmm. I can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> Back to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, any uh, coffee pickups recently or anything new just going on in that in that world? Um, nothing in particular. I didn't buy any coffee uh, beans this week. I did have a chat with someone at um, church who who's also really into coffee and just kind of discovered another person who is kind of a coffee geek. Um, and I think we might grab some coffee or just hang out sometime in the future. And, uh, did I tell you that there's like two people I met also that like roast their own coffee? I think I might've brought, oh, really? brought no. that up. Yeah. Um, I forgot the name of it, but there was a, there was a guy that in Dayton who's roasting coffee out of his house. Um, yeah, just like your friend. Yeah, does he sell it and stuff? Um, he doesn't yet, uh, but he he already has like a name for his oh, wow. coffee company, and uh, I think he yeah I think he does it really regularly. Oh, cool! You should uh, check it out sometime. Give it that review. Yeah, got to give it that pour over stamp of approval. Mm-hmm, that's right. Ten Joes out of ten. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll, you know. We got to keep our bar high, you know, so people got to come at us like, you know, we're the New York Times or Roger Ebert, you know, reviewing the movies. Oh, yeah. Not going to give them those right, that's right. underhand throws. The gold standard over here. That's right. 
So what about you? Uh, nah, not nothing new. I'm almost done with that dark roast, so I'm about to go look to see what I'm gonna get next. Okay. But yeah, in general, not too much. Um, I guess I kind of had the opposite experience of you. I talked to someone that doesn't drink coffee, but um, they're just kind of asking me about it and stuff, and I was just like, you know, basic telling them like, oh yeah, coffee goes stale at some point, and they're like, oh really? <laughs> um, so. Yeah, just telling them about it. But, yeah, I mean, they're trying to be, like, um, accommodating because they're like, oh, I want to get some coffee to keep at my place for people that come over. Oh, yeah. I don't drink coffee myself. So, like, how long can I keep it? And I'm like, technically, it goes bad, but most people won't actually know. Yeah. Because um, they're already drinking bad coffee, and, yeah. Now, so. were they taking you out for coffee, and they were like, oh, I feel kind of weird now bringing this guy to Starbucks. Yeah. Nah, nah, I was at their place, oh, okay. so it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> but if they would have been like, "Hey, you want some coffee?" and then I, I don't know, but yeah, um, but yeah, I, I appreciate that though. I mean, they're just trying to trying to make all the options available for friends and stuff. That's right. We just learning, you know. I'm not an aficionado or anything. I'm just learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, speaking of different coffee things, uh, we're going to move on to our coffee topic of the week. So this week, we're going to talk about third wave water. Um, Is it a gimmick or is it the real deal? If you listen to, I think, episode four, um, Joe said he was going to send me a sample. So I tried it out. Joe's tried it out. And what it is, is third third wave water is a crafted mix of minerals for your coffee brewing water. Uh, website says it's a mix of all natural stuff. It doesn't have any chemicals. It adds some hardness to the coffee, but it doesn't mess up the coffee gear. Uh, and they have two different profiles, apparently a classic and an espresso. Hmm. Maybe their slogan says, uh, allows your coffee to breathe. I don't really know what that means. But, yeah, so we're going to talk about it this week, though. So, yeah, what what are your some of your initial thoughts on third wave water? Well, it's interesting that you bring that up. In preparation for this episode today, I have made two different cups of coffee Oh, using the same method, same beans, even the same vessel, but okay. one with third wave water and one without. Oh, shoot. Yeah. You can do a live taste test or what? I think I might just have to uh, good mythical morning this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right. Um, okay, so I have, I have, um, it's not going to be a blind taste test, unfortunately, um, because it's way too much work. So mm-hmm. I will try the tip, the normal one here first. This is a, uh, this is the ghost, uh, not the ghost light. This is the, um, Boston Stoker, the one I brought up last week, the Brazil. Mm-hmm. It's a light roast. It has notes of chocolate and cinnamon it's the one we were talking about it was like kind of nutty kind of earthy mm-hmm. but still being a light roast so this is the the coffee without third wave got to go in for a second sip mm-hmm. <coughs> good, good good slurp oh oh, oh. Ooh, not not a good slurp i'm good i'm good it kind of <laughs> it helps aerate the coffee yeah that's right it's good, um, or as Gail might say, it's quite nice. It has <laughs> that like peanut butter kind of like initial flavor, and even the aroma is like kind of peanut buttery. 
Mm. And it, it is definitely a light roast because it still has that that kind of zing, that tanginess that you get from like a lighter roast. So I'm going to clear my palate and maybe cough a couple times yeah. to get that coffee out of my lungs. And now I'm going to go in for the third wave water one. Whoa. Hmm. Instantly more distinguishable, um, especially Whoa. with the initial sip. It's a lot brighter, and um, the zing is definitely more there in the front end. Hmm. Other than that, I feel like the, the peanut butter notes are kind of gone. Like, they're not oh. as pronounced. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and I definitely got the yeah. cinnamon in the first cup. Like, I definitely got the kind of, um, well, I, mean, I got to go back to the first one. Hmm. Actually, no, I think the first one had a lot of uh, deeper flavors, more chocolatey. Mm. The second one with the third wave, I feel like it was a lot more balanced and kind of, kind of even things out and uh, really brought out yeah. the, the brightness. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Dang. You you used that double dose of coffee today for the podcast. I respect your sacrifice. You're welcome. I will be very wired for this episode. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hear you slurping it down in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think what, what what you said there is pretty accurate to my experience i mean i've only made a, a few cups with it okay but when i first like the way it comes is like it's just this little packet of white powder and you mix it in a gallon jug of water mm-hmm. and what i did was that i i did a, a little i just tasted the water as is straight up without coffee mm-hmm. um so like i kind of i tasted the the water that i usually use i tasted the distilled water before the third wave and i tasted the third wave after i, I mixed it in Ooh. and um yeah, like you said, I think it definitely like mellows, mellows it out, mm-hmm. and like I'm I'm not one that super likes the um, like filtered taste, I guess, or the distilled water taste it has a pretty distinct flavor, and I'm like, eh. Mm. Um, but when I tasted like the water I usually use, I'm like, oh yeah, actually, it has not as distinct of the distilled taste, but it kind of has still that Brita filter flavor. Okay. Whereas the third wave water, um, the best way I feel like I can explain it is just is really neutral. Yeah. Like it didn't taste like anything. Mhm. Um which I think is good. And so it's interesting. It just kind of made me a little bit more aware of what the water tastes like. Mhm. And then when I when I use it to brew, I feel like I I've only used it with the dark roast, but I think it helped me get a little bit more of a nuanced flavor mm-hmm. in it. Um but in general, like I feel like the brew was a lot smoother. Interesting. I think in terms of like mouthfeel. And just overall, it felt a little bit more balanced. Mm-hmm. So it was good. I, I was kind of skeptical at first. I was like, I don't know what this will do. But, I mean, I, I know the, the water is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I watched the Q&A by James Hoffman on, on YouTube. He's got a big uh, coffee, uh, not personality, but coffee guy. Yeah. Um, and it was, the Q&A was all about home, home brewing. Mm-hmm. And then one of the guys was like, yeah, what's... You know, when I brew it at home, it just tastes really different from the shop. Sure. And then what what James Hoffman said, the first thing is like it's probably the water. Hmm. You know, 
the water is going to be the biggest difference because I guess I mean I, I've never worked in a coffee shop, so I don't really know this. But they said you know water they they spent a lot of work um, to kind of perfect the water really? before they even use it to brew. So they're like really aware of what the water's like, you know, the hardness and like all the different stuff. Yeah. So it makes sense. Hmm. Now, now actually using third wave water, I'm like, oh yeah, totally. I think it, it makes a difference. I wonder if uh, it's really contextual too, though, because what if the water that you use is already really hard and full of minerals? You know, is it going to make it kind of uh, almost too basic or too alkaline? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like for, for the for the mix is supposed you're supposed to use it with just like distilled water, yeah, not, not anything else. Oh yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, I, so I'm not I'm not entirely sure. So I guess the distilled water lets you um, start from the same point mm-hmm. and like zero, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I feel kind of convinced afterward that it helps. I mean, I don't know how much the third wave water packets cost. Yeah. Uh, we can put a link in the show notes, I guess. But I, I don't know if I would go and, like, start buying it now. Right. Well, if yeah. anyone's interested, it's going to be in the show notes. Uh, they actually manufactured it out of uh, Cedarville, Ohio, which is not too far from where I am. Um, so it's kind of a local product here. I, I've seen it at a couple coffee shops. So third wave, wa- third wave cool. water, excuse me. Not a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. W- would you ever use it again? Like, w- would you buy it? Well, I have uh, 12 capsules of it, so I guess I have to. Oh, is that 12 gallons? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dang. Okay. So you, you'll, you'll have it for a while. Maybe we'll get an update once you're done with 12 gallons of water. Yeah, and hey, maybe we'll do a giveaway um, of the, the third wave water. I can give away some of these capsules to our listeners. And if you guys want to oh, check it out and then um, give your thoughts, you know, we might even feature you on this podcast. Um, mm. I'd love to hear kind of what you guys think about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. So let me uh, take one more sip before we move on here. Yeah. I don't even know anymore, man. Which one's which? <laughs> it's just all the caffeine's just going to your head. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a Trump lawyer, you know? It's like, <laughs> what is real, what is not? Trump-loy. Well, let's uh, go on to the episode then. Uh, so, like Dill and I have been practicing, uh, this episode is called Trump Loy, which uh, it's a French word, right? I think it uh, the translation direct translation is trick of the eye. Trick of the eye. Yeah, so it's basically an optical illusion. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, to make something like um, appear real. So I think the examples I saw online were like like those chalk drawings that look uh-huh. like they're coming out of the ground. So oh, okay. Um, yeah, make you feel like something is three D when it's actually not. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. On Trump Loy, we discover the lengths that certain characters will go to accomplish their mysterious goals. With the help of Teresa, Charlotte stages a violent scene between Clementine and another host to highlight the danger of the reverie code. The blame falls on Bernard, and he is fired by Charlotte. Before Clementine gets abducted, Maeve tries to get Clementine to become more self-aware. Maeve seeks to break out of Westworld after seeing her friend Clementine get lobotomized by Sylvester. 
William and Dolores continue on their adventure with Lawrence and consummate their love despite William's engagement with Logan's sister. Will Dello parts ways with Lawrence and they head deeper into the outskirts of the park. Bernard confronts Teresa about the stage scene with Clementine and lures her to Ford's cabin in the woods to show her the unregistered hosts. Teresa discovers an underground lab with a modern machine that's actively creating a host, as well as blueprints of current hosts, one of which being Bernard. Ford comes out of the shadows, and fearing being put out of Westworld again, he uses Bernard to motionlessly dispose of Teresa. The episode ends with the machine spindling along and Teresa's motionless body leaning against the wall. Mm. Wow, man. Yeah. This episode was nuts. From the reveals to the tense scenes, this episode was crazy. Yeah, dude, I agree. I feel like they they did such a good job of just, like, stringing us along, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just ended that big reveal at the end with Bernie. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Westworld, why why do you do this? Um, It's like, I hate you, but then also, like, I want to keep watching now. Right. It's like an accident. You can't turn away. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this episode definitely is better than episode six. So I feel like they kind of bounced back and redeemed themselves a lot. The flavor was so different. Like, it just, it was, I mean, it was the writing. It was the the way the shots looked. I mean, like, everything was so different about this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't mention it in the summary, but, yeah, Bernard is revealed as a host. Yes. That's insane. Well, I mean, I think we were kind of thinking some of these humans aren't really humans. Mm-hmm. But were you but thinking Bernard? Bernard? Though, yeah. Like, nah, I, I liked him a lot. Um, <laughs> and now, now, now with the reveal, I'm like, dang, he's just like one of Ford's minions. It make make me sad. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it makes. Does it make you sad because you realize that he's he's being manipulated this whole time? Or does it make you sad because it's harder for you to empathize with someone who's not a human? Well, I, I think for me, what makes me sad is that, yeah, he's basically being manipulated by Ford. So, like, mm-hmm. everything he's doing, like, is, it just just loses its authenticity in some ways Mm -hmm. like you know he's like doing this side thing with Dolores and like um and he's out there you know with Elsie kind of doing his own thing you kind of feel like he Bernard is almost like this like the stable character he's almost like the voice of reason sort of but like he's he's not too much he's not like the the board where they're just trying to take over but then also Mm -hmm. Ford just kind of feels a little out there he's kind of like in the middle right yeah, and so I I think that's why I liked him, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of gets revealed like, oh yeah, he's actually not not even a human, and like he's he's a host a host that's being controlled by mm-hmm. Ford, so I'm sure there's like a discussion there and like how much he's like self aware and like makes his own decisions or whatever, but ultimately right. I mean Ford is obviously in control, and so yeah. that makes me sad. Um, not not necessarily the fact that he's a host, but I think just the implications of that kind of sure sure. Yeah, it caused me to to be a little, little down on that. Yeah, because Ford gives him some autonomy, I assume, to like do the things he, that he feels he needs to do, as far as like the investigation goes. 
And, you know, I think we were all on Bernie's team when he was doing that and kind of like seeing him as a, as the protagonist. But now that we're viewing it in the lens of Ford kind of knowing all this at the same time, like you wonder if like all that was Ford's purpose and his plan or that was kind of really Bernie's thing. Mm-hmm. And if it if it is Bernie's thing, then that almost gives me a little bit of hope that maybe Bernie can separate himself from Ford and then become like this protagonist that we all know and love. That's true. Maybe I mean ultimately like the the show's about the journey of the host kind of becoming self aware and like I assume like bursting out from under under control is kind mm-hmm. of that, that struggle right now. So yeah, I mean it's not like they're lost as characters right now in my mind. Mm. But yeah, totally changes the dynamic. I feel like right. for the, for this one episode, like, is the emotional roller coaster in terms of like Bernie's fate. You know, yes. like at first he like he gets fired, and you're like, what? Yeah. And there's like and he's like, no way, he's gone. And then also like they make him choose basically between like, do I does he protect Ford? Does he take the fall? Uh-huh. Um, and then all that, and then it's like, hey, actually, what really matters is that he's a host, and they like kind of pull mm. out the rug and like. Feel like they, they they kick me while I'm down, basically. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, so kind of the journey of Bernie. Journey of Bernie. Yeah. Shoot. Um, I guess before we get too far into that discussion, I feel like that's kind of like the the main uh, part of this episode. We can talk about some some of the yeah. other things first. Sure. Uh, I guess you know we we can talk like like you mentioned in the summary, uh, William and Dolores. Yes. Like kind of development there. Um, yeah. Well, what are some of your thoughts there with them? Willie and Dalo, man. Um, I don't ship them. I oh, I, yeah? I don't. Yeah, I don't because I don't think it's gonna last, and I think that ties in with William eventually becoming the Man in Black. Ooh, so you, you you believe that? I believe that. Yeah, I not you know I'm just you know I'm not into like the facial bone structures and all that and the you know mm-hmm. the intricacies and all that stuff, but just the way that Willie was delivering his like that poetic line about like finding himself in the park and coming to a deeper understanding, yeah, like. That almost to me was like a more positive spin on what the man in black says. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I, I feel like ever since we talked about that, like um, conspiracy theory or fan theory in the last episode, I'm like, oh, I feel like that that's all I can see now when I <laughs> like watch their scenes. I'm like, oh, like mm. this makes sense. It's just kind of, yeah, I, I agree. It's like feeding that idea, but I don't know if it's like a, self-fulfilling prophecy in my mind kind of thing right. but now now that's what they want like, you to well, think. once you see it you can't unsee it right um so hopefully Just we like don't trump ruin it for someone but it uh yeah i told i totally see that you know the whole like relationship with dolores and like yeah and even the the idea of like dolores being one of the oldest hosts in the park because mm-hmm. she was there back with young william before he's a uh, man in black and like yeah yeah, I, I see that. So I I don't know. Yeah, but back to their kind of developing relationship. Yeah, I thought it was really weird because um, William confesses that he's engaged to Dolores, mm-hmm. but then he like Wait. quickly turns around and then he's like, I, I 
I guess that doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> I, I want to be with you or something. Yeah. Um, so that felt a little weird. Um, very contrast to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like they're they're just on totally different wavelengths currently. Mm-hmm. Um, Dolores is pretty much like I don't, I don't want to be put in this box. I don't want to like be on this loop, this storyline, basically. Um, yeah. Whereas Williams, like I'm discovering myself. I'm like finding my purpose. Mm-hmm. And Dolores just kind of wants to live. It seems like she just wants to like be. Yeah. Uh, instead of like finding some grand um, story to be part of. Right. Yeah, yeah, Willie's gonna be Dolores's like gateway drug into really finding out who she is, and uh, I fear that that is going to leave Willie kind of on his own, and maybe something mm-hmm. tragic tragic is gonna happen to where they are gonna have to separate. Whether that involves Teddy or something else, I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not personally super invested in their relationship either. So uh, we kind of see where that goes. I think one of my favorite things about like their storyline and their scenes, though, is just mm-hmm. how they basically embody the whole Western um, idea, mm-hmm. the Western theme, and like yeah. they have their you know standoffs and like in this one they they're escaping from the train with Lawrence and like that yeah. that whole thing is like them against the Confederados and then against the Ghost Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I, I just really like those scenes. I think they're really well done, and so mm-hmm. they kind of it's almost a it's almost like a break from like yeah. the dark and like the deep, like everything happening behind the scenes with Westworld, true, basically true. Like, with with Delos and like all that stuff. Like like it's almost like a nice a nice little reprieve from that. Um, mm-hmm. So I I just really enjoy those, and I think for me that's one of my uh, most appreciative parts about the William Dolores scenes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a reminder, like, oh, yeah, they're actually at an, amu- oh, quote-unquote amusement park. But, like, there's mm-hmm. actually, yeah, there's this stuff happening, you know. The majority of the people we don't see, but, like, they're just guests and they're enjoying themselves. And it's right. just kind of fun. So, right. Yeah. So now that you, you kind of brought up the, the whole, like, darker kind of understory of... Westworld as a whole, what did you think about the reveal about the research project? I mean, we had hints about it when Elsie did the investigation, but now it's like straight up Charlotte Hale's like, yeah, we're we're pulling data to to make something of it outside of the park for reasons mm-hmm. that are beyond just, you know, indulging in the pleasures of the people that come here. Yeah, I'm still, you know, I, I feel like they, they still haven't told us, like, the specific purpose yet. Yeah. Um, Super But we, we kind of get a little more um, of a look into their motivations, I guess, because mm-hmm. they, yeah, Charlotte describes it as, like, um, basically all the information that Westworld has is just mm-hmm. at the park. You know, if something happens to it, you know, like, Ford could just kind of wipe it out. And then yeah. the whole history of Westworld... Uh, which they say is is like 35 years now, I guess. So I, we kind of get a, a date on that. Oh, okay. Um, but they, uh, yeah, so Ford could wipe that out or something else could happen that could wipe that out. And then, like, their whole investment basically, like, is meaningless. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like we, we get a bigger look into that motivation, which I thought was pretty interesting. Like, they have, basically have no backups of anything, um, mm-hmm. which is on purpose. So, yeah, I... I 
I'm still wary. I'm still like kind of waiting to see where they're gonna take it. Like I, I don't know if I, I know quite yet what they want to do with it. Uh, right. But yeah. What uh? Did, do you have any thoughts on like the whole Charlotte Hale or even just yeah their their research project and, and stuff? I'm I'm just kind of I'm I'm with you. Like I don't know what the story is going to do with the research project and there's just there's so many loose ends here i just don't know how they're going to tie it all together mm-hmm. i think they're they're i don't know they could be biting off more than they can chew this could end up like a, a lost show kind of situation where you know the last season is just just frantically tying up all these loose ends and then we walk away with some very unsatisfying answers but um anyway i mean i i'm not a big fan of charlotte hale i feel like she's kind of a throwaway character Mm. you know at this point in the season i feel like we were kind of introduced to her a little bit late um although i mean there still are i think a few more episodes left and she could become kind of more um interesting but i just feel like she's kind of this really shadowy butthole of a person. (laughs) (laughs) She's so mean. And, and like, you know, she has a sex host slave and I'm just like, I thought I liked you like last episode, but I don't think I like you anymore. Yeah. I feel like she's really just embodying like, the business side, you know, Delos and like mm-hmm. kind of just becoming that character. I felt like in the beginning that was Teresa because she, she was like oh, yeah. the oversight basically, you know, we're yep. like, ah, you know, stupid, uh, um, corporate overlords or something. Yeah. Um, and now <laughs> Teresa, overlords. you know, there, there's some developments with her and like, we feel like we got to know her a little bit more. So I don't know if that's why they introduced Charlotte necessarily, but you know, yeah. she's kind of just like that, um, hard character that's mm-hmm. just kind of, is there to represent the the bigger picture of, of whatever Delos wants to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't I'm not I'm not a super big fan of her either. And like yeah, I don't know. I mean, with hindsight, now that we know that they kill off Teresa, like did they introduce Charlotte basically to replace her character? I don't know. Mm. Um like will will she actually be a throwaway character like you were saying? Not entirely sure. Um but yeah, the the whole the weaving together of the storyline of this episode, I guess, just kind of makes me question, like, um, how, what, what is the relationship between Ford and, like, the um, Delos, basically? Yeah. It kind of seemed like is Ford in- interfacing with Teresa, and that wasn't really mm-hmm. going well, but then, like, there could be a little bit more, you know? Like, that yeah, whole, that whole line more. with, like, the gods require a blood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what, what y'all trying to imply with this? From? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so hmm. yeah, it could it could also be um, you know given that Ford has so much um, dominance over these hosts, maybe he maybe he heard that word shared when Charlotte and Teresa were having that conversation. Because hmm. um, uh, oh, because yeah, because um, Hector was in the room. Mm-hmm. He's a host. Yeah, I don't know though. That feels like in terms of from a writing perspective, that's just, like, too big of a coincidence. I, I basically interpreted that as, like, Charlotte and Ford were trying to kill Teresa. 
But I, oh, I feel okay. like that opens up a lot of questions, though. Like, yeah. like why? And, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Because um, that makes me feel... Because that, that whole... Um, that that scene where they tested Clementine, basically, and they were saying, saying like, uh, your update that you did, um, the implication was Ford, but Bernie took the fall, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that caused them to, to like, bug out and, and have some glitches. Yeah. Like, if Ford and Charlotte were working together then, like, that whole scene was totally unnecessary, you know? Because mm-hmm. the idea was, like, Bernie would probably take the fall and then um, Ford's going to kill Teresa. Unless, like, uh, Charlotte didn't agree to that, but Ford just, like, took it that way, maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure. But I, I when, when Ford said that line toward the end, I was like, oh, shoot, they, like, somehow are working together. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it was his own interpretation that like mm-hmm. Teresa is the sacrifice. Um, yeah, maybe Teresa is like kind of just the pawn that's caught in between the games. Um, and I don't know. I I felt like Ford's expression when uh, when Teresa and Charlotte fire Bernie, it was just kind of off. So mm-hmm. you know, I mean, him knowing that Ford is uh, him knowing that Bernie is isn't host. And that him being fired doesn't really mean anything mm-hmm. um, because he's under force control anyways. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I also thought it was going to be uh, Ford that was going to get fired. Yeah. So I, I just don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah, I feel like the, the, the my takeaway from this episode is that question everything. Basically. <laughs> yeah. It's like everything is up in the air. Like, what's real? What's not? Who's a host? Who's a human? Yeah. Like, I don't. I even question myself. Basically, <laughs> why am I watching this show? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, maybe Charlotte's version of like blood sacrifice was firing Bernie, um, and then Ford mm. was like, nah. You know, like this is a real that, when they when, when they showed his face, like like you mentioned, like I was super creeped out. I thought he was yeah. kind of like. It's kind of crazy, kind of like sinister look on him, and I was like, ah, what's yeah. he gonna do? Um, but yeah, because at first I thought him killing Teresa was just um, a retribution for firing Bernie. Um, but then then he said that line with the blood sacrifice, and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know, I don't know. So how do you feel about yeah. Ford right now? Do you think he's is he someone that you would cheer for, or is he like just? I don't, nah. Yeah, what is your take on him? Ford, like, as the as the season progresses, Ford just like keeps going out there further and further, and like, I can't. Well, I definitely am not cheering for him. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I necessarily dislike him that much. I mean, he's very interesting, and like, I want to. I mean, he he is to me like the antagonist without it being said so oh you know in, in my okay. mind like you know i don't know there's delos and like they're kind of doing their thing right i feel like they're just kind of like business and like they, they i'm sure we'll get there like that some evil corporation something right but ford man he's straight up like sinister and like mm-hmm. yeah he's he's brutal basically yeah. um and it it seems right now his motivation is just to maintain the park mm-hmm. and everything they built there um 
And then even with that last scene, uh, you know, when, when Bernie kills Teresa, like, she asks, is like, oh, is this, is this what you did to Arnold? Hmm. Um, and then Ford, he, without answering, he avoids the question, and he's just like, Bernie, you weren't, you weren't around in that time, were you? And Bernie's like, no. <laughs> um, so it's like, he didn't answer, but it's like, implied that this is what he did to Arnold. Hmm. Um, so I don't know, because it's something along the lines of like trying to take this away from him, basically. So maybe Arnold was also trying to do that, and then now mm. Teresa was trying to do it. So this is just how Ford responds. So either way, right. he's a bad person because he, he, he's a murderer. Um, yeah. I just kind of wonder how that fits into the whole storyline. So I'm definitely not on Team Ford. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, kind of scared of him, which yeah. I think is the point. Like, that's what he wants from, from Teresa and other people. Right, right. So, yeah, what, what's, your, what's your take on Mr. Ford? I think, uh, I think Ford is, yeah, definitely a formidable opponent to whoever he is going toe-to-toe with. Um, I actually feel like the, the, uh, the antagonist is, is Delos and the board. Mm. Um, but, and I think Ford is kind of the guy that's trying to um I don't know just like keep keep what's his and um and you know do what he's doing um um I don't know yeah it's really hard to tell if Ford is going to end up being you know at the end of the season if he's really going to be someone who's um hateful um yeah, I don't know. I, but he's he's like he he is definitely I think the most powerful character in this um mm-hmm. series right now. I mean, you could tell that Delos is trying to enact certain policies and um you know, pit certain characters against Ford, but Ford's just like, "Nah, this is my world, you know, like you're going to come into Westworld. Um I'm going to hit you with like my like godly host powers, you know, and, and just him also many having his own like little manufacturing, uh, host manufacturing mm-hmm. gig underneath that cabin's like, Oh my God, the possibilities are really endless. You know, yeah. he, he could, he essentially can create his own host without, um, Westworld or Delos knowing. Um, so I wonder like how many has he created already? Like, what's going to happen to Teresa? Because, like, in that last scene, it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's a it's pretty obvious that that host is going to pop out somewhere, whether that host is Teresa, like, as a replacement mm. for Teresa. Ooh. Yeah, or, like, Elsie. I don't know. Like, where's she been? Oh. She's been on leave, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, that was weird. They just kind of, like, shoved that under the rug, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's on vacation, and that's it. Right. I, I'm surprised we didn't talk about Arnold because he didn't really come up in this episode. That's true. I mean, I feel like Ford is really taking that place, like at the end of this episode, in my mind. You know, Arnold was just kind of this like unknown force that seemed bad, and mm-hmm. we didn't really know much about it. But now yeah. it's like we actually know some things about Ford that are bad. Like, mm-hmm. he has his own host-making factory, and, like, 
he he killed Teresa, so he's at least killed one person. Oh, like yeah. he controls Bernie. Like so, like all these like before Arnold was just really ambiguous out there. Mm-hmm. Um, now Ford is like there's at least some facts where he's just like bad. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I don't know, maybe Arnold will make the comeback and be like a good person somehow. Mm-hmm. And, like because like, after Ooh. this, I I was just yeah, thinking right? like who who else is left that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. like, cause we we were talking like who is the bad guy, but it seems like every like everyone's bad in their own ways. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so like, who, like who's left really? Because Bernie was like, yeah, you know, I, I like Bernie, but now he, he's a host, you know. And Ford, mm-hmm. he's doing his own thing, and Delos is already bad, and yeah. Right. So I'm like, I don't know who's left that I like, you know. And then apparently Teddy's a bad guy somehow. I I don't know. <laughs> that that's just kind of there. And, right. Yeah. And if William becomes a man in black, he's also bad. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's let me let me let me list real quick all the character deaths so far. So we have Teresa. Oh, yeah. She died via murder. Clementine, we're going to assume is out of commission cuz she got lobotomized. Elsie is missing and then Logan is also missing. So, yeah. you know, Teresa's well, and Teresa might come back. So, and Clementine obviously is going to come back cuz she's a she's a really important character. Um Side note, I thought the lobotomy was interesting because that's how they decommission hosts, or I guess mm-hmm. like completely decommission them is giving them a lobotomy. And that's a very organic, like human way to, to kill somebody. Yeah. Um, and like, so like me being a psychologist, like your brain controls all like executive functioning and even like primitive functioning. So if Clementine really needs a lobotomy to put her out, that means they're just like a human, all their functioning is in the brain mm-hmm. so it's not like a like a machine or like a computer where things are like less decentralized and so like she's like basically in all accounts a human being mm. Mm. Yeah, i mean they're they're organic you know if you you know however you define that term but i feel like they are like we, mm-hmm. we mentioned they aren't like the stereotypical robots that we think of yeah. Um. All the I I don't know the, those uh like Ford's family, like the unregistered hosts. Yeah. Like the the younger Ford, his face like opens up and it's like oh, all yeah. robotic inside. Yeah. Terminator. But that could yeah that could just be a older version maybe because yeah it seems like these newer ones I don't think they do that. Right. So, yeah, that's very interesting. But mm-hmm. but it seems like they they're not like dead. Like we would think, like you know, after you lobotomize, you know, a human or whatever, but because they, they they have the host in storage and they they're still there and like feel they can like do stuff with them. Maybe they can just remote control them. I'm, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Man, well, we didn't even get to the whole Mave stuff. Like Mave wanting Yo. to break out of Westworld now too. Yeah, Mave's just super Mave now. She might be the uh, protagonist, you know. She might be the one mm. that we're cheering for. True. I like her still a lot. Yeah, she's still very interesting. And like, I, I still, I'm like, why, why Felix and, and Sylvester? Why, why, why y'all going along with this? Right. But um, I, yeah, I, I don't really know. I, Sylvester is kind of like a jerk. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I mean, we already talked. about I don't that. know why he's still here. Like, why, why do we still need him? Like, supposedly he knows a lot more than Felix. 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I think that's that's a very interesting development. I assume that's what the next episode will kind of be mostly about. I mean, also continuing mm-hmm. on the whole Ford story, Ford Bernie um, team. Yeah. But yeah, kind of giving that more more of a light with Maeve. Because um, she, Maeve wants to see what's outside of Westworld. And then mm-hmm. basically, I feel like as she experiences new things, like... As the audience, we are also being revealed those things. Like when she take right. when she took that tour around, that was like one of the first times we really kind of saw a lot of those things. So yeah. now, like, will she actually get to see outside or what? Or hmm. I, I don't know. And like, will we get to see the outside world? Right. Um, actually, I, I, I hate to extend our conversation, and um, and feel free to cut this out. But mm-hmm. I think one of the more unsettling things about not having a clear protagonist and antagonist is not that neither one exists it's that there are no two sides in this in Mm. this uh series like they're not i mean they're clearly multiple sides and multiple antagonist protagonists but they're not opposing each other you know it's not like light versus dark sith versus Mm. jedi like yeah you know there's not someone who's as formidable going up against four say yo you can't be like this brutal you can't be like this savage you know it's just like dark versus dark with him yeah. and the board and so i really hope that like with the mave maybe maybe like the mave thing is like okay we're going to we're going to rebel and revolt and we are actually going to go against ford and the board hmm i don't know yeah this is all so unclear. Yeah. I was going to say, it would be interesting if, like, the other side of the coin is, like, a more host-driven side. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's the natural, or, like, maybe what I would assume coming into the show. Like, human versus robot, human versus host. Mm-hmm. Like, that. that makes sense. But, like... Like it could still end up that way, you know. Maeve is kind of maybe becoming a leader on that host side, mm-hmm. um, and like yeah. But the journey like we're taking to maybe get there is could not could not have imagined that. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's very, everything's just like kind of ambiguous and is happening, and like Westworld's just like keeping you on your toes. And then when when you think you got a feel, it's like heh, Bernie's a Bernie's a host, and then Bernie kills Teresa, and like Psych. ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything's just crazy. But dang, yeah, there's definitely a lot of questions. This episode was definitely a game changer in in so many ways. True, and I guess we'll we'll just have to kind of wait to see what's happening in the next episode. Um, and then we'll we'll talk about it. We'll meet up here and and see. Mm-hmm. But as always, trying to end um, our podcast with with the with our section, you know, asking what's making you happy this week. So um, yeah, Joe, what, what's making you happy? What's making me happy this week? Um, hmm. I think uh, just um, well to be like. Completely honest, full disclosure, you know, I grew up going to church and um, that's that's something that my parents have always really held me accountable for. I went today, uh, which is probably the first time I've gone in a while. And so mm-hmm. it was good to reconnect with some people and 
um, you know, meet some new people and, uh, you know, in, in a very, in, in a very kind of long, not long winded way to feel less alone. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what's making me happy this week as I go on to the work week. Mm. What about you? That's a, that's a deep man. Um, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you're able to experience that. Um, for me, I guess, uh, being back in school has been pretty good. Like it's it's a lot of work, it's a lot a lot going on, but I think I'm enjoying it. So, yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to the semester and think it's good to to keep me busy, basically, but at the same time, like not dreading it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think school has been pretty good for me, and yeah, learning new things, doing hard work, kind of just progressing, doing life. Work hard, play hard. Yeah, you know. And then we then we got a podcast to kind of enjoy, but also kind of work, but enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I guess that wraps it up for us this week. As always, thanks for pouring it over with me, Joe, and thanks everyone for tuning in. This was the Pour Over Podcast brought to you by Joe and Dill. You can email us at pouroverchoe.com at gmail.com and tweet us at pourover underscore show our artwork is by Daniel Liu find him on Instagram at here comes Daniel music is by Joshua Yin you can listen to his other tracks on soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic one word thanks for joining us and keep brewing